take a little walk to the edge of town and go across the tracks welcome welcome oh my goodness josh how crazy is it oh i'm I'm so sorry for everyone that had to hear that that was that was that was a disservice to to nick cave right there but it's fine it's fine it's fine. We, it happens, we, we it, got it. We got red right hand. We We're talking about season six, episode five. It's another episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. And oh my goodness, we're down to the final episode. We've we've made it. It was the road to hell. And I'll tell you what, we had our own personal road to hell throughout 2020 and 2021 without Peaky Blinders, um, not to mention with all the other nonsense that was going on around this around this globe but uh, oh josh it was uh first off spoilers obviously goes without saying if you still haven't seen peaky blinders this season you have to go immediately to tryexpressvpn.com slash peaky sign up for the vpn that we partnered with it is legal it is safe it is actually safer than watching the episode through an illegal stream because a hacker might you know get their way and, and shimmy their way in like duke did on uh, arthur's pocket watch um but make sure you get there and now we're gonna just completely wreck and spoil this uh phenomenal episode that did introduce a, a new character and reintroduced a couple characters something that we talked about at the very end of our uh, mailbag episode that we, you can still go out and catch we also do the uh the weekly deep dives over on patreon where we really broke down the entire Sapphire episode. What do you know? We got another Sapphire in this one, Josh. Before we did. We, before we dissect, I caught it, that. We caught it. What was your your overall takeaway from this this episode? Very good episode. It was slow at some points. However, it picked up steam at the very end, like I expected. I knew that it wasn't going to let us down. Um, definitely have a couple gripes, but you know, no episode is going to be perfect, but I think that episode six is set up as perfectly as possible to be an absolute banger. We have 90 minutes left in this, in this season and in this show in general, and there's a lot to unpack, but it's ready to go. Episode five was great. Tommy was rejuvenated. He was revived. You saw he had a sense of purpose in his eye. And he really just has his eyes on the prize. We get, you know, every single character has a mission and every single yes. character has a motive. And it's going to be interesting to see who achieves their motive and achieves their mission. Does Michael achieve it? Does Tommy achieve it? Does Diana achieve it? Does Jack Nelson achieve it? There's so much going on. I'm really excited. I thought it was a great episode. Um, and I'm just excited to break it down because there's definitely a lot of meaning and, and significance behind everything that's going on. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I should go positive or negative. I'll start off positive. Um, the music, again, blew me out of the water. Phenomenal. You know, starts off with Lawman by Girl Band and, of course, ends with Red Right Hand. Um, we had great imagery. The, the January scene with the boat, gorgeous. Um, the, one thing, imagery, yep. the one thing that I, I didn't love about this episode, and I guess there's two things. We'll talk about one specific scene in a moment. But the one overall thing was it had a little bit of that season five um, quick twitch energy where we were just not spending enough time with each scene. In my opinion, we were going from one to the other. I counted 17 scenes in this episode altogether. And until we got to the the real meat in that second half where you've got Diana and Tommy, where you've got 
Lizzie and Tommy really chunking through their, their, their dialogue. And then obviously Oswald and Diana, the first half was just a little bit um, sporadic for me, but let's, let's dive right in. It's the path to hell, Peaky Blinders, excuse me, the road to hell, the road to hell, the road to hell, Peaky Blinders, um, penultimate episode ever. And the penultimates have always been the like standouts for every season. It's when all the shit goes down. And right away, we get a very, very, very similar style of scene that we saw with Tommy in 2.6 when he walks into um, Alfie's, you know, den with the fake bomb and threatens that he's not going to leave until he, you know, gets his money that he wants. You know, the Farrington Road kind of situation all, all resolved in that season two. And this time it's Tommy threatening that, that uh, Chinatown shop worker that was selling Arthur opium. And the bob is real and the tea is electric. And that entire scene was uh, a perfect way to start the episode, in my opinion. It was definitely a good way to start the episode and important to get that business out of the way and, and not take up an important you know, amount of time and then not be just kind of buried into that episode later on in the season. And it's interesting how Tommy is basically clearing. I, I can't tell if he was clearing out opium from Birmingham to get it away from Arthur or to further his business or both. Definitely yeah. could have been both, but it seemed like he just wanted some way, shape, or form to clear out opium, get it away from Arthur, so that even if he does visit Chinatown, he won't have access to that. It was kind of like Tommy's, one of Tommy's missions in this episode was to get Arthur right by doing what he did in Chinatown with, with the opium business, and then also getting Linda to kind of get Arthur back on track as well. So I think that we kind of have that character arc of Arthur kind of solidified and, and closed off we don't have to worry about that stupid plot anymore of him being you know an addict a drug yeah. abuser i think that we have that really settled and i think that arthur's plot plot line is really just kind of settled aside from also jack nelson really wanting to to plan a hit on him to get to, to get to tommy ultimately at the end of the day so yeah. that's kind of where we sit with arthur which is kind of like that was a, that was a theme of this episode is that every single character, as I mentioned earlier on this in, in this in this breakdown when I when I introduced it, every single character has their plots closing off into the sunset in a in a nice way. Oh yeah, I, I, that one didn't sit too tightly. I don't know which one. You know, Tommy obviously drops like as member of parliament. I'm trying to clean up my town. No more selling in in small heath. Um, and I hope that he's not going to sell himself. Right? Obviously, we know he's going to try to sell heroin and. and um, opium across the bay and across the ocean. I would, I would very much like for Tommy to, to, to keep by his word and not have Birmingham fall like a, a West Virginia of the, uh, of the East. Um, cuts us right into the, the, the camera shot that we salivated over in, uh, oh man, I think it was last season. I'm pretty sure it was season five when we, when we see Tommy with, with uh, Cyril the dog and it's, oh yeah, because he's talking to, to Charlie, his son, about, right. you know, you kill people and, and you, you know, you're not God, but it's that, we called it something, someone, a fan told us about it, it's called like a something dolly shot, right, a moving dolly, where you're zooming in to the near focused objective or object, and the background is zooming out at the same time, and I would definitely implore you to go rewatch the first moment after the Chinatown scene, because it's exactly what it is. Tommy's doing his awesome, badass walk down the middle of this bridge and this creek, and it's zooming into him, and it's zooming out in the background, and it was so damn awesome. 
and it leads us into a family meeting that we would uh, we would not have predicted. I think I think we we talked a lot about whether Duke would be a background character, whether he would be truly um, ingrained like Michael was in season two, and I think that's the answer, right? Erasmus Duke is Conrad Khan's character's name, based off of his mother telling him the tale of Tommy's pocket watch, which pocket watches seem to come up big in this episode. And it, and it pocket had, watches uh, are back. The back. Pocket watches are back. And what was it? The Duke of uh, a pocket shore, Saxon shore. So it, was, it said Saxon, Saxon shore, shore on the back of the watch. And, uh, and I think this is very much just like another Michael bringing into the family. Lizzie hated it. And now when you think about it, Josh, Lizzie's got two sons that don't, that aren't her blood. Don't that's, that sucks. Look, I mean, this is one of those things where she's like definitely jealous. She's always very jealous of Tommy. Obviously, later on in the episode, she's rightfully jealous and rightfully pissed. Uh, we'll get to that later on. But I think that this is something that she can't get mad about. Tommy didn't know that this existed prior to meeting her. It's not something that he failed to disclose to her, that he lied to her about. What is he going to do? I mean, any person that knows they have a son and they just found out about it isn't just going to leave them for dead. Um, well, it's almost a good I, thing. Like, he's finally, like, Tommy's doing what's right. He's doing something that's right, exactly. Obviously, this kid's a little bit of a schmuck, but we, but he's kind of was raised in the wrong way. He was raised, you know, with the pretty rough upbringing, it seems like. So definitely something that Tommy is trying to do right. Kind of like, it's kind of signifying the theme of the episode where he, he seemed reborn. He had a different look in his eye. He knows he's dying. So he's just trying to get everything out, you know, before he dies, kind of clear his conscience a little bit. I think that that's what this move kind of signified. But Lizzie kind of irrationally reacts about him bringing him back into the family. You and I really just don't, I don't really like this, this Duke plot. If, if this is, you know, a, a greater, you know, move to have Duke be the star of the new movie when it comes out, I get it. But I hope that he doesn't take up a lot of next episode because that would just be such a waste. Introducing a new character, a really important new character, it seems like with two episodes left in the whole entire show's existence is just a little odd to me. So let's see how Stephen Knight uses him going forward. Yes, very intrigued to, uh, to see how that goes. Um, Duke can't write, he can't- Can't do uh, anything. Yeah, he, Arthur yeah, goes through all no of use. it. Arthur goes through all of it later, but what he can do is he's got those sticky fingers. And so that might be an advantage. And we do learn that Tommy um, was first attracted or maybe just drawn or maybe the fat, the fates collided with his mother because of thievery and, and somebody, you know, Tommy having something stolen under that apple tree or uh, him just being allured by the, uh, by the desires of, of Duke's mom. Um, love Ada, when they walk in, Ada's like, can't we just have one thing around here that isn't our fault? Like Ada, Ada's yeah. great, great comedy relief in this scene. Um, obviously the Shelby breakfast for you from, from Arthur. Nice, the nice, the nice glass, a nice glass of, of, of whiskey for you in the morning, son. And, uh, to round out this Duke character in this episode, we don't, we don't need to talk too much about him. His, his scenes later, um, if you fans enjoyed it, then I'd like to hear in our mailbag, email us at bootpkeyblinders at gmail.com. What particularly in that Tommy Duke scene was a takeaway for you guys, because Josh and I did not take much out of that scene. Right. Now, we did get our first thin um, moment of season six, and all it did was take five episodes. 
He's married to Mary, who we we did see. I went back. We saw her for a blink of an eye in the beginning of the season. season. Was season. it the beginning of the season or was it season five? No, we saw them standing next to each other at the funeral. Um, but you this might have been the five, woman. How, yeah, how he said he wanted woman. to marry somebody that he just met, and they were like thought he was crazy. So I think this is the, the same woman. Kind of just bringing that back to the fold. I think that the point of that is also just to show that Finn's getting older. Like that's the, that, that's what I think the sole purpose is. And to maybe, as you said, going into the movie next season, maybe they have some big role. I don't know. I mean, not next season. Whenever it's created, that that's probably going to have a role. Finn might be more in the fold. So, and obviously, we see Finn later on in this episode, which 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 we'll get to. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Finn has a very smug face. I, you know, it's just not doing it for me Harry Curtin um I apologize but I'm, I'm not upset at all that we haven't seen you at all in this season and probably won't won't see you much in the finale you know aside from just the Billy uh storyline um you don't think you don't think people are, are are just clamoring for Finn like where is Finn I won't why will not watch the show if Finn is not in any more scenes like how, I, I'm pretty sure we have we have a small cohort of fans that are doing that how funny is it that Billy Grade is getting just like 50 times more importance in this season than Finn even though they both were not in the season Billy at all until Grade this episode. is like the most important character in the show <laughs> like it's crazy it it's crazy like he has the he he can change the complexion of every single character's plot development yeah. like this minor minor character and I mean he was really important in Gangs of London too when he was barely seen like yeah. this is crazy like this this I mean, MJ Stanley. Stanley, our guy he he told us that that this season had was going to be a banger and it was going to be crazy. And you can see why he thought that because he was involved in some of the most violent, you know, most vicious, vile scenes of, of the show's history, to be honest, the way that he was, you know, involved in this, in this episode, obviously we'll get to it, but I mean, Billy grade, very important. So just interesting how he's more important than Finn, as you said. It's great. You know, the one, the one of the, one of the few actors I got to actually respond to me back in the uh, summer of 21, um, and, and I asked Emmett to come on and talk about one of these episodes. And he said, sorry, I don't watch myself. So we'll most likely get Emmett after the season's done. I think, I don't know how he does it. Maybe like right when he knows this scene's going to pop up, he like fast forwards through it. But he's one of those actors. There are a few of them around um, that, that just do not watch themselves act on TV. Um, someone who I'm sure does watch themselves act on TV is Killian Murphy. Um, and he is so good in this scene. He sits down with, with Kate Phillips. We get the, uh, the God scene. And this is so great to have Tommy referring to God multiple times and almost using him as his excuse to, to pay, what, 10,000 pounds to have Linda help Arthur. And he just, he, there's a couple good lines here, Josh. We don't have to talk too much about it because obviously we're going to have Linda and Arthur later. But it's the uh, God's plan, right? Killian quotes Drake here and says, uh, is he interested in me? <laughs> is he interested in me or is he interested in my money? And that's when Linda's like, oh, yeah, we are going to name a mission after you. And the only thing I won't do is I won't sleep with him. So this finishes jo uh, Tommy's little like, uh, let's go help Arthur tour and just going around. Exactly. And it's funny how she said, I won't sleep with him. And she says, oh, I, he goes, I, I would imagine that, that that would take a lot more you know, Convincing money on the table. He doesn't say it explicitly, but he says, I, mean, I would imagine that you doing that sort of favor and, and, and fulfilling that would take a lot more money. So don't worry about that. That's not why I'm here. I just want you to freaking put this man on the right path. I'm so tired of it. 
is getting in the way of my business. That's that's just what I got of it out of it. He he needs Arthur on a straight path so that he doesn't have to deal with him and have that as another problem. Linda does not hesitate whatsoever. She takes that money and she's on a on a on a mission to to help Arthur. So that's hopefully we can get him on a straight path. Uh definitely different from the last time we saw her. I was so annoyed with her. But definitely if she's gonna help Arthur out and and have him be on the straight and narrow, I'm all for it. So ready for this, um, for those of you that are like, man, I can't believe that Linda would kind of sell herself out for, for $10,000 um, or $10,000. A lot of money back then. Ready for this? Yeah. According to like the inblankdollars.com website, um, the value of 10,000 pounds in 1933 is equivalent to over 220,000 pounds in 2022. Wow. Like, that's... I mean, that's- like he's he's a offering quarter a quarter of a, of a million, yeah. He's offering a quarter of a mil, close to it. So I I don't I don't blame her. Who knows if she's doing it to, to keep for herself, or she's very she actually is a godly woman, and she will use that for the foundation and whatever charitable you know endeavors she has on her mind. But definitely Tommy putting his money where his mouth is and really trying to help Arthur out. So I really hope we kind of close that plot line, as we said, that we don't have to worry about that. So I think we can definitely move on from that. And then, and then Tommy goes from uh, his his apology tour for Arthur to his like uh, th- there's a Rick and Morty episode for anyone that watches that where they kind of make fun of all of those uh, uh, heist movies when you go through and you're like son of a bitch I'm in and you just got to collect your squad and that's what it felt like Tommy was doing with Hayden Stag great to see Stephen Graham back in um, Tommy is basically paying Hayden for all of his uh, troubles recently and. Uh, <laughs> This is a wild scene, Josh. Starts off with with Tommy moving the business from Belfast to Liverpool and essentially saying, Hayden, we I need you to help me get all this stuff to Boston. And that's when it takes this wild turn. Very weird for Tommy to say, like, don't you want to say thank you? Like that was not a Tommy Shelby-esque remark. So it was very weird for him to do it. And then that obviously set Hayden Stag off. That's like, you know. I can't believe that you have to go around saying thank, asking for, you know, so collecting please, thank yous, and sorries. And that's when we get the second gun to the head of Hayden Stagg this season. Well, basically it was like Hayden Stagg was going on one of his epic monologues again. And it was a very epic monologue. And he was talking some truth to Tommy. And Tommy is just like, look, I spared you. You should have gotten a beating. You stole from me. So he says, don't you ever say thank you. Kind of to he's like it was like what like what's going on here? You're still mouthing off after you took my my stuff, and I should have beaten you like like a piggy blinder always does. That was a pretty epic response by Tommy to pull that gun out and just he basically said, "I love this. I love the feeling of just taking out this gun, pointing it at someone, and seeing the fear in their eyes." Is kind of what I got out of that. Is that he loves that adrenaline rush? I agree. I think they both do. Life and death within a split second. Yeah. It looked like that was a, almost that was like a sexual scene. It was fucking epic. Tom, Killian Murphy, Stephen Graham, two amazing actors in that scene, just speaking truth to each other. Not, not, neither of them scared of each other whatsoever. A testament to their characters and how strong they are. But uh, definitely, I mean, he has Hayden Stagg by the balls and he's using him to his advantage. Tommy, once again, trumps anyone that, that speaks to him or that's in front of him, except for Lizzie. Okay, and so we get a Lizzie scene here, but before that, this entire um, this was crazy. Uh, this entire sports betting storyline 
is back. It is. And like, I don't want it to be back, but it's, it's back. And uh, it turns out there's a referee that is scared and is going to go to the cops. And Billy, Billy Grade comes in and it's just Arthur and Finn. And Billy Grade's like whistling and is like, don't worry, guys. Like everything is completely copacetic. And I can see Arthur like, I wonder why there was never more introspection into the Billy Grade stuff, right? Like why he, you know, like the whole stuff at the end of season five. Arthur doesn't seem like he's very happy with him. Obviously, he like throat holds him later in the episode, a little bit of a strangle. And then the, the, uh, the, the Arthur scene come up in, in about five more minutes. We'll get back to Tommy and Lizzie, but I want to finish off this Arthur plot and this circle. I thought Arthur was like the, uh, the professor. You know what I mean? They've got him. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised if Paul Anderson was in the movie, right? Almost as like the, 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 the Dr. Dr. X or like Professor X kind of situation where he's just raising all of these youngins because you've got Duke and you've got Finn and you've got Isaiah and his cousins and then Arthur, the professor, who's kind of leading them all. And then the ref, they, they bring the ref in with uh, the gun to his head. And that ref was my favorite character. I, I don't want to throw away anything too early, but like definitely front runner for my winner of the episode, holding his own. Even he was, he was in France. What? Even though he got killed later on the episode. Yeah, yeah. Even though he got killed later on in the episode, he, he protected. <laughs> his, he's your winner. He's he's in the he's in the lead. We have a whole week to think about it, Josh. But he valued his morals and didn't give in to the Peaky Blinders. I, I, I hate the storyline. He, he fucking got killed. I yeah, get he, it. He died. I'll tell you what, Josh, we go Whatever. through a lot of our winners. I bet not many of them are going to survive the season. That's that's true. But it was an interesting scene. I think that the point of it, even though it was, I, I agree, I'm kind of annoyed with the whole betting storyline and the whole how Billy It just Grade makes them like really, really matches. bad people. It makes them very well, I mean, bad they people. are bad people. No, they but it makes them people. bad people to me as a sports fan. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess. I mean, this definitely this happens in, in in that sport a lot. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of corruption in soccer. So I think that that's not far off, especially back when there wasn't, you know, resources to investigate and have that stuff get out. But I just think that it's, once again, we're running out of time. What is the purpose? Was the purpose of this to have Arthur, like, teach Duke? Like, is Duke going to be running the whole betting uh, operation, you know, as the show goes on? I don't, I don't know. Was it the was the point of it to show Finn getting scared to not wanting to to kill this man? Was the whole point to show Arthur's back and he's not afraid to kill people because last episode or two episodes ago we saw that he spared someone's life? Like, is that the point? I don't really know. I don't maybe know. Maybe it is. Maybe we'll find out. But it, I agree that I'm kind of annoyed with it. It was quick, um, but uh, this something that I gathered. Finn's got this smug face the whole time. I want to punch him in the face. And then obviously everything ignites with our guy, Emma J. Scanlon. Um, great, first off, great moment when he's just like holding the whistle and he's like, all you got to do is stand there for 89 minutes. And in the 90th minute, you blow a penalty in the box for Birmingham City and there's going to be a penalty kick and they're going to win. And the, the goalie's going to let it go and the, through. And the goalie's going to let it go right by. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, what? Like one out of every 30 penalty kicks get saved anyway. So it probably was going to go yeah. in, even if the goalie wasn't involved. And that's when the referee says no. And Arthur, like, I was very confused for a moment when Arthur is choking Billy. And then I realized, oh, he's trying to, like, calm him down and get him in the mindset to have anger and to kill this referee that's going to scar Billy. And then finally give us that back scene that we had seen photos of two full years ago, I feel like. We saw that photo come out of Emma J. Scanlon in the bath 
kind of holding his kneecaps and I just want to go back to the referee scene where Billy had to kill because we hadn't seen a vile, vicious death like that in a while. Whatever that, that wire. Oh, all the fans, that, right? That wire. wanted violence. Right. I mean, yeah, I was thinking of that exactly right when we saw that the fans got their violence, they got their viciousness, they got their Sopranos Game of Thrones-esque killing where they take that wire with wire cutter thingy, whatever yeah. it is. And just stab just it through their neck kind of thing. Yeah. Strangle the guy as much as possible until it breaks through and just cut his, his neck open. And that's how that ref, that poor referee dies, dies with honor, dies with dignity. As you said, that that's why you think he's your winner. Maybe potentially we'll see tune into our mailbag winners and losers episode coming up later this week. Soft plug right there, but um, definitely just very, very uh, powerful scene there. I think that was the point of that to get that killing in there. And then, as you said, get that back scene where Emma J. Scanlon, amazing acting, by the way, with uh, Billy Grade sitting there, like so depressed that he had to do that. He's not a killer. He's not a killer at all. And we get Jack Nelson coming in, grabs Billy Grade by the balls. Oh my and God. And this is a huge scene. By the balls, it, was, it seemed like it was like a similar mechanism that he used to kill the referee, like like whatever was 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 used to kill him. That that wire cutter thing. It, it was like yeah. he grabbed his he grabbed his balls. It, it's almost like a vice grip. Tentacle. Yeah, like a like a vice right. grip. And, um, and we see blood dripping, which is yeah. fuck. I oh my it god, like cut, it definitely that, cut the bottom of the base. Um, just really, just really, really crazy. Jack Nelson is a fucking crazy motherfucker, and he grabs him by the balls. And he says, I hear that you're the informant for the, for, for the Peaky Blinders organization. I, I, do you think that Captain Swing maybe told him? That's what, I, I, that's what I'm thinking about. Know. I don't, maybe it's, I mean, I, I would think maybe it's Oswald. That Oswald maybe told uh, Maybe, Jack. but I don't know if Oswald even knew that he was going to maybe die at that event. I, think, I, 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 think, I don't know who found out, but Jack Nelson found out. And now he's using Billy Grade to smuggle information from the Peaky Blinders organization to him, even though Jack Nelson is acting like he's in cahoots with Tommy and he's working up side by side with him. But we know at the end of the day that he wants information to lead to the murder of Arthur Shelby. And that is Jack Nelson's mission to murder Arthur Shelby. To, I and think, Tommy. Get under, and, I mean, well, Michael's mission is to murder Tommy. We don't really know if Jack's, if Jack's mission is to do both or if that's just Michael's own personal initiative. That Jack like is like okay like I'm I'm signing off on that kind of thing. I don't know if that's like what Jack really cares about the most. I think Jack wants to murder Arthur to get under Tommy's skin as much as possible to get in while he's most vulnerable. I, I that's what I thought. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it almost seemed like he is. He said like I want to kill Tommy and I want you to set his brother up on a pedestal like for me to go get him as well. That's what I I took out of it. So we're gonna have to find out because why, I wrote down. Why do you think he wants to kill Arthur though? Just wants to just knock them out one I, by one. He just wants to get rid of both Shelbys. I think that's what he wants to do. I think he doesn't want to have to share Boston ports and the docks with, with Tommy's business. And obviously he realizes and he's learned that Arthur is the older brother and he's going to be the big muscle. So if he can get Arthur out of the way as well, it'll be a, a two-punch um, knockout. Um, I, I wrote down we got the black cat confirmed, right? All of that speculation out of the way. Yeah. Definitely Billy Grade. I love that they're answering questions, right? The Gina stuff, the Billy Grade stuff, even if it's in subtle one second, like nobody's saying Billy Grade is the black cat. They're just kind of giving it to us in that way. That was a perfect way to do it. Yep. Um, The great line about, you know, 
you, you spared me from having to give you a death that I was raised having to give, right? The Italian death, um, where yep. above everything, above family, above God, above food, men love their balls. And that was, that was awesome. Um, and so do you think that he was kind of showing, he's, he's like, the Italians taught me this. Do you think that, that him and the Cengretas are kind of in cahoots? I think that that might have been a soft little subtle throw in there that he knows the Cengretta family very well. As we said, they're they're very similar. Uh, I wouldn't I be surprised if that was I, – I wouldn't be surprised if that's, if that's a, a real thing. We might not ever get clarity, but I think that that's, that's what that meant. I don't know. I think he was just raised by Italians in Boston, right? Boston and New York is so far away. The Cengretas didn't move back to New York until, you know – all of the shit went down with the Shelby's and then obviously Luca came back across, but it just feels like Boston and New York. Nelson is not an Italian. He, he's not Italian. No, but I'm saying, I think maybe he was just surrounded by Italian gangsters. That's in true. Boston. That's just my That's guess. True. Um, That's true. That's true. But we did learn something about Jack and this might be what we get, you know, exposed in episode six when he mentions, I was like you, I even miss it sometimes, which means Jack was an informant at some time in his life. And he kind of misses that, that aspect of that. That was very neat, but we've got to go back a little bit just before that, the Arthur professor scene or the Arthur uh, um, referee scene is maybe the most uh, heartbreaking Tom Lizzie conversation ever. And that's when Lizzie's like, you have a list of regrets and I'm at the top of them. And Tommy says, yes, I regret marrying you. And Lizzie comes back with like, you never even let me in even though I have the combination to the safe, which she later changes, which is very funny. Um, and then we find out that Jack's going to stay with them. It is a very quick scene. And that's kind of, like, I, I, would, I wouldn't have hated a little bit more of them. We'll get them later, obviously. Um, but it was, uh, it was heavy I, to, to have a husband just I mean, straight up to your wife. I thought that Tommy was like being very generous and nice to her and opening up and telling her how much he loves her. And that's something that you don't ever get with him. And she's been asking him all this time to open up to him and let her in. And he does. And she's mad. I'm just like, I'm kind of tired of the, of, of Lizzie, just no matter what happens, no matter how much Tommy decides or tries to change, obviously this is before we find out what happens later on in the episode. Well, let me just get that straight. Obviously I don't promote adultery at all. That was fucked up by Tommy, but he's trying, like he, he looked like he was like, re he was kind of learning from his mistakes and trying to change and trying to let her in and show her love and be compassionate to her. And she was like, I don't care. Like, you don't ever let me in. But like, he was letting her in at that moment. I was confused by that. Obviously, she's scarred and she's depressed. So like, I feel her and it's really tough for her to, to kind of trust him or have trust towards anybody. But, you know, just kind of something that I, I thought was a little frustrating at the moment in time where he was showing her love and compassion for the first time and telling her that he loves her. Yeah, I have a tough time being on Team Shelby, you know, Team Tommy. I, he was my loser of last episode. Not a great look in this episode as well. You don't really tell your wife that you regret marrying her, even if you do. Um, so I kind of understand where Lizzie was coming from there. We go right into uh, the Linda Arthur quick quick little moment that I'm sure we'll get a ton of in, in episode six. And then Duke and, and the big scene with Duke. The only thing I think of note in that one was he stole money from Tommy and Tommy's like, you can steal from anybody, but me, we're kicking you out, take the money and just get out of here. And then later we, we, it's like right immediately. It's like, Oh no, we can't let him leave. And Duke's like, don't you already have a son? And Tommy says, I need a son for the light and a son for the dark. 
And that was like the one thing where I'm like, okay, Tommy just wants him to be his, uh, it just feels like another Michael, honestly, like a replacement for Michael, even though we learned at the end, just like I wanted, Michael and Tommy will reconnect next episode. Cannot wait for that. But without yeah. further ado, Josh, I want it. I want it. Give me all the Diana, Tommy. I loved it. It was great. Just insane. I mean, she's, she's powerful. She's confident. I mean, she was my winner in the last episode. She doesn't give a fuck. She's, she has her eyes set up on what she wants and she gets it. And so we get that Tommy Diana scene and she just comes out right away. And she says, you know, since, you know, Oswald has fucked your wife. It's only fair that I, that I also yeah, get wild. to, you know, try you, which was crazy that, that you just say that to somebody out in the open. Well, she, she knew, she knew that Tommy needed her because Tommy mentions it right when they get on that refurbished January, which is going to be a, I assume a major plot point in this next episode. I'm sure something big's going to happen on that boat. Maybe some flashbacks, maybe some hallucinations, but Tommy says like, you have all this influence I need. You have influence in the Guinness family, which I thought was yeah, interesting because she cool. was wearing green, which is obviously an Irish color. Um, I thought that her clothes were, were ugly. I wrote that down. I was like, man, these, these German clothes, like she's just like frumpy. Like, I don't think Amber Anderson is like an overweight person, right? But her clothes definitely added a little frumpiness. I think that was on purpose because I've looked up Diana Mitford's old pictures. She always wore a little bit less stylish outfits which is obviously what we're not used to in Peaky Blinders. Um, and then that's when it all switches because she, he's, she's like, listen, this isn't about housing. It's about changing the world and absolute mm -hmm. trust. And that cuts us right into them having sex. Which is ironic. Absolute trust. Like, that's pretty ironic that, Tom, that she's asking him to, you know, betray his trust to Lizzie in that moment and betray her trust to Oswald. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, like it's not the first time Tommy's cheated. We, we've already seen Tommy sleep with someone. For sure, but season. like in the moment, it was just like, it was some irony to to the script and to the line about trust. Yeah. So we that cuts right into it. They have some pretty passionate, they make, they make some pretty passionate love. Um, we see it. Um, I was actually surprised. You were right. You said that, that they were. I thought it wasn't going to happen. I thought Tommy was kind of past that life. And he was going to so. stay true to Lizzie. A little, a little disappointing. But, uh, and then, you know, they, they have sex. And I caught this. You did She's catch wearing this. a blue sapphire ring. And I think that that's some foreshadowing to someone's demise. Tommy Shelby's demise. The blue sapphire's curse. She is, she is kind of signifying everything that is associated with a curse. Like, she's a curse in Tommy's life. She's yeah. kind of like... If Tommy doesn't let her go and he doesn't succumb to the vices of her, then it's going to be really bad for him. I think that that's what kind of what it signifies that he needs to, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, temptation in life and there was temptation in that moment and he's, and he succumbed to it and he succumbed to the temptation in the moment. I don't know if you kind of got this feeling as well. The moment after they were done having sex, you could see a face of guilt in his eye and the, and the camera pans directly to his wedding ring on his finger he didn't take off while he was yeah. having sex with Diana. And I, I could sense the guilt immediately. I like, what did I just do? And later on, I mean, we'll get to that. He she doesn't you know, hold back from that was rough. What happened. Yeah. That was crazy. I, I do think I mean, there was, and go ahead. No, sorry. Sorry. I mean, her, her line about, you know, this is the English. This is it. This is the line. Yeah. Yeah. Of shaking hands. So welcome. 
Like that was crazy. Line of the episode. I have that written down yeah. right here. Yep. In- English aristocracy's way of shaking hands. So welcome. Um, wow. It was, uh, it was, it was epic. It, it took us into the best scene of the episode as well, which is when unmade by Tom York starts to play and Tommy is in the mine um, a, a war flashback that was like no other. He, he walks into a puddle that turns into a bathtub that turns into Michael's dream. And now we get Michael back for the first time in, in three or four episodes. And he's dreaming of Polly talking to him and they're going through some sort of uh, blood. Um, I don't know, Romany, gypsy, diffusion, something. Um, and that's when we get Polly. And I, I'm, I'm so curious if they did some sort of Fast and Furious stuff with this scene with Polly and like, you know, using some of her old audio mixed with like random stock video they had of her um, because we've, I don't think we've ever seen that scene, but I'm sure we've seen so many of her just sitting there in, in a way like that. And then, and then telling, uh, telling to, um, Michael that there's going to be a war in the family. And instead of her saying, one of you will die, she says, a lot of you will die. So that was the one discrepancy I picked up from the, the, the scene that we've had in, in, in the different you know, episodes one and two. And obviously I didn't notice finale. that. That's a good catch. I, I got to go back and watch that. But that is that is definitely that's a, that's a great catch. Thank you. Arthur and Tommy may die. Michael may also die. The man, they may all die. Who, who knows? Who knows? Lizzie may die uh, because Lizzie Lizzie has now changed the safe combo. Um, and that's when she says, I think this was a little bit more of the opening up. You know, there were two Tommy different changes the safe combo. No, Lizzie says she Not changed Lizzie. the Tommy. safe combo. No, she she asks Tommy. She goes, "You changed the safe combo. How come?" Okay. And he goes, "Because because there's many things that, that that are involved in my business that I can't share." He he changed the safe combo. Oh, I missed that. I thought she changed yeah. the safe combo. That's going to be an instance where we have to go back. Um, I'm going to have truly to go back an, and watch truly, that. Truly, truly an instant reaction because there's some things that we don't catch right away. That's, so I mean, that's we got to go back and see. That's yeah, that's why we do our deep dive later in the week. I thought she changed the safe combo. Um, no, he did. He yeah. wasn't ready yeah. to tell her everything. So I've got to go back to that. That's when Tommy says, when I know everything, you will know. And we get right mm-hmm. into uh, the, the most exposed I have felt watching TV in a long time because I am very talkative. And watching Jack Nelson just blabber away, I was like, oh, that's what I look like sometimes when I am just not <laughs> stopping. And he's just... He's talking, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking. He's like, I don't want wine. I don't want wine. Give me whiskey, this and this and this and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, currency is blood. And that's the one thing that separates the British from the other people in in Europe. You guys realize that, you know, you have to, you know, bleed in order to take control. And he calls Tommy an American and he says, you're going to come to America. And Lizzie's like, the fuck? You know, very upset about that. Tommy's going to meet up with Michael in Canada, right back to, uh, to uh, Michelin to collect the money. And that's when Tommy says, when I come back, I will know everything. You will know everything. Something tells me Tommy's not coming back, but I don't know. And then we get the, uh, the admiration that Jack shows. And this is, I want you to talk about this a little bit, Josh, because you texted me about it. I think that's what we're seeing a lot, right? Winston Churchill saw it even in the beginning, like Inspector Campbell was almost like inspired by Tommy Shelby. Everyone can see themselves in him. And that's something that he brings to the table. He allows people to see themselves in Tommy. Yeah, I mean, Jack says, I see myself so clearly in you, Tommy Shelby. You are a man with a bright and glaring future. And I can't tell if he's saying that sarcastically or if he's saying that truly, if he actually admires Tommy, 
he probably does. It's not, there's, there's, it's pretty hard to not admire him and be impressed by him and the way, the way that he talks and the way he speaks, but Jack Nelson was gold in this. Um, and you know, they, they talk about $5 million and, and Tommy says 5 million, Mr. Nelson. Now that's, that's a legacy. And that's when he says, and I, when I come back, I will know everything. And so it's just a really epic conversation of two amazing figures. Jack Nelson is emerging as one of my favorite characters of this show. Yeah. I love his character. He's so, so smart. I love, I love the way he speaks. Freshville does such a good job of playing this character. You, you forget that, that, that he's an Aussie. Like yeah. he's Australian and he has a very thick accent. So just does a really great job. His face, he's such a harrowing figure. Like he's like, his shoulders are so broad. I think that, 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 that Stephen Knight and Anthony Byrne and, and everyone involved in the show picked the perfect character to play to play him. And I just love that line when he says currency here is like blood. Just so brilliant, um, really powerful. And then we get Oswald and Diana right away. Yep, the Rolls Royces show up. I also wanted to point this out. I love this. You know, obviously I mentioned how cool it was when Michael and Tommy both do that little inhale, exhale into their noses when they smoke. Tommy did something here when he took a puff and then he drank the wine before he exhaled. And I thought that was just another instance where he looked very suave. Um, something I want to keep an eye on, though, and it's just like just an idea, maybe a bold prediction. I don't know. But when there's a guest and Tommy wants to impress somebody, he usually sets up some sort of uh, prostitute for them to sleep with, right? Like Oswald in the past. I don't know what Jack's sexual desires are. Like, we don't know. We haven't seen True. him with anybody. Um, you don't think he has any kind children? True. You're not gonna say that he's that he's gay, no? I I don't know. It's it's certainly possible. But he kind of mentions he kind of asks Ada if if she has a man. So right, I don't think, but I think that was just a question. Desires. I think that was just a question to see if she was held back by having a man because he said I hate I hate he, men. He could just be so on a mission. And That's what so I was gonna say. He could also be business. asexual. Yeah that he just has one thing in mind and he's not worried about that. And he doesn't resist the temptation. He's such a, like a professional in his craft, maybe that maybe yeah. he or maybe he just likes American woman only who, who knows. Maybe he, maybe never he, know. he has a boo back home. He has a boo back home and Certainly he's really possible. an honorable Jack Nelson is an honorable man who doesn't do anything that's wrong. We also haven't seen FDR's son yet. That was just an odd reference to make and then never, never come back to it. But so we've got Oswald and Diana. We've got them talking about this triangle and everyone's well, a part of the I also triangle. Wish, Go like, ahead. It, I was shocked. I was ready for something to happen when the, Tommy wasn't expecting a guest. I'm like, who the hell? Oh, yeah. I, th I was expecting like something like more violent to happen. Thank God it didn't. But uh, we get Oswald and Diana stopping into town because they were visiting one of their constituent constituencies, you know, right by the area. But we all know it's because Oswald and Diana wanted to. Uh, they found clear out the, the air. Jack. No, they found out the Jack was there, and they wanted to make sure right. to keep pushing. But pressure. also, they wanted they wanted to out Tommy, and and it was the purpose of that. Also, was the show was Oswald to show Tommy, hey, I know this. Yeah. You, know, you can keep secrets from me, but I'll find out. Little does he know that Tommy knows all about Gina and Oswald. I'm sure Gina told Oswald. So Oswald knows that Tommy knows. Ah, I don't I know. I don't know if Gina told Oswald. Yeah, maybe I mean it probably did, but you never know. But Oswald kind of says, you know, we because we had a little bit of housekeeping to this take. This is care great. Of. Hold on, let me get the exact line out because it's so it's so great. Um, yeah. going through this this dinner, Diana's talking about everyone's a part of the triangle, right? Lizzie's a tip of the triangle, and Tommy's a tip of the triangle, and the future of Europe is in the hands of men like them. Um, and that's when I wrote like Diana is horny as heck. 
um, she she makes the reference, and it is an absurd an absurd, absurd. line. And that's when absurd. she's like, she's like, Lizzie, I am so jealous of you that you get Tommy all the time. Something that I have only sampled once. And uh, crazy, fall, such a such a fucking mic drop. Just to he, it was a bit of housekeeping that they needed to do to get Lizzie out of the room. And this is when the Oswald um, Mosley special comes in. And I've mentioned this. We yeah. haven't gotten a lot of Sam Clayflin this season. I, I would like more of it because he is so special when he talks. And the way that he delivered this line, we do so hate to be indiscreet, but you need to find a more <laughs> suitable spouse. And it's like, you do not hate to be indiscreet, mister. Like you love being indiscreet. Your, 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 your first name is indiscreet. So I love that. Did you notice that Jack had a cut lip the whole time? That's something that, that wasn't it. No, he, he, no, I, I, he, he, he has a scar. And no, it looked like a fresh cut. cut. It looked like a fresh cut. No, no, no. He's had that the whole season. You should go back. And I'm going to have to look it up. He has, look it up right he has now, a scar yeah. on the top of his lip. But just crazy Oswald Mosley dropping that. Kind of dropping some, some truth that if Tommy wants to get into this shit, Lizzie's going to have to be more strong-minded. Who knows if Lizzie stays with Tommy? I mean, that was the first time that she knew she really knows that he was kind of adulterous. I think while they were married and really serious and had kids, like no, they really had that sad. whole conversation. Remember where Lizzie said, "As long as you don't sleep with somebody the day before, or the day after you hold our child." Remember last season? That's true. That's true. But I mean, it it shakes her to the core, especially because she's sitting in the same room as someone that you know slept with Tommy, which is really sucks for her. I hate to see her like that. Um, Tommy just doesn't really react at all. Like that was kind of shocked. Tommy's just like, you could see the look on his face of what the hell is going on? Do I really have to deal with this petty bullshit? I have so many other important things going on. God damn it. Why did I do this? He kind of just like, it's like a big sigh through his eyes. I don't know if you also noticed that as well. I did. I did. It's just like nonstop. We still don't, uh, oh, man, there's so much, Josh. There's so much like Alfie's going to come back into play maybe Alfie will come to America with them and, and deal with all of that. You know, we he already mentioned the Solomons in Boston. So that could kind of um, tie into I, I, something tells me that Tommy is going to like play along with this suitable spouse game. So maybe we'll have a little bit of that next episode. And then Tommy says, could there be a sadder ending? And it goes right into this rendition of red right hands that is spooky and eerie and very similar to the one that started one of those previous um, season two or season three episodes where they're, they're all like with the puppet and that puppet show open with the uh, Anna Calvi version of red right hand. This is not Anna Calvi though. And we get this young priest and I instantly got goosebumps and this is how the episode ends. And I'm like, Oh my God, is this like father Jesus son or something? Like I was like, no, was it a priest? Was it, was it a priest? Certainly a priest. A hundred percent. I thought it was just one of Jack Nelson's men. I don't know. He's wearing the white collar. Okay. Um, you're right. And, you're and right. I was instantly like shaken to the core. I'm like, do not tell me they're going to have another, do not tell me we're going to have another like very evil priest, but no, it's, it's definitely one of Jack Nelson's um, inside sources definitely. in the prison because he meets with Michael and he makes it very clear. And I watched this three times in order to fully understand. And he says, if you say yes, you will re be released. If you say no, you will stay in prison. And at first I thought it was like one of those things where it's like, are you, you know, clear of conscience and are you, you know, going to be a good person? And then they say, yes. And they're like, get off on parole. But it was the opposite. Michael says, after consulting with my mother, when I'm released, yes, it is my intention to kill Thomas Shelby. 
And that's when I'm yeah. like, oh, I mean, Jack's setting up for him yep. to leave jail so he can kill Tommy. Yep. And he says, I have consulted my mother. The priest says, isn't your mother dead? And oh, he yeah. goes, yes, but I have consulted her nonetheless. When I'm released, it's my intention to kill Tom, Tommy Shelby. Just powerful, as I said, set up so well into this last episode, 90 minutes, perfectly, perfect amount of time for everything to develop. I'm really excited for this next episode. It's going to be, I think it's going to be the best episode of Peaky Blind. I mean, obviously that's not really saying much. I mean, it's very hard to make a final episode really, really good and make it the best episode of, of, of its you know existence. But I just think that it's so set up well to have like in, in 90 minutes to have like 10 scenes and that's it. And to have everything be cleared up. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have 10 scenes. Something tells me we're going to have like I, I, 30 but, scenes. I think we're going to have like 15 scenes, 10 to 15 scenes. And they're going to each be like 10 minutes. Like I, I, I'm just, I would love I'm just that. pumped, man. I would love that. I think we're going to have more. I think we're going to have a lot of stuff being cleared up. And I think the question is, will Stephen, Anthony and company be able to balance the amount of exposition they need to deliver and the amount of like a uh, simpleness that is needed in a finale like this? You've got to keep it simple. You've got to have these like, perfect peaky moments that are not too over the top and are not too cliche. So that's, that's what I'm interested about. I hope the Tommy Michael stuff is like a chunk. Like don't, don't give me eight minutes. I want 20 minutes. Like we did in the first episode of the season of them sitting down and, and everything going on there. It was so good. I loved it. I don't have anything really else to talk about this episode, except the fact that like, Ooh, I'll have to go back and, and watch a couple more of those things. Like with the lip. Yeah. And, and with and with uh, the safe, I I think I mean going back to like it's not really a bold prediction, but it kind of is, I guess. Just a prediction of what's going to happen in the next episode. I think we're going to get a lot of those, you know, alleyway scenes where you don't know what's going to happen, where there's no talking and there's potential for a shootout, where they're kind of looking over their shoulder for someone to come attack them. It's going to be one of those scenes where you don't know if someone's going to pop out, and there's going to be some yeah. violence and some and people are going to die. I think Arthur. I think Arthur and Tommy might both die. I, were, I, think, I think we're going to lose a lot of people to this on Sunday. I think that if Tommy doesn't die, it's going to end up being a fast forward to when he does die later on that year. If everything gets cleared up and he's just you know dies in a Walter White esque way, as I said, if if those of you who watch Breaking Bad, I think that's going to happen. I think Michael might get killed by Tommy. I think Arthur might die. So there's a good chance we get Mark Michael Arthur. Tommy and Jack Nelson dying in some way, shape, or form, and, and it's just it'll it'll be sad. It's it's interesting because we like almost know that Oswald Mosley and Diana Mitford are not going to die, right? Unless he wants to Probably change not. up some history, because Oswald Mosley died in like 1980, and Diana Mitford would live like a whole crazy life after this, and she would pass away in uh, 2003 at the age of 93. Um, so that's crazy to think about, like. These, these people living to like the ages of being in like technology, you know, it's just like funny that they would have such long lives, even though they were a part of Hitler's um, regime and, and somehow survived it all. But it just goes to show that you can kind of get away with, get away with a lot of stuff. If you, uh, if you have money, um, I am curious. Yeah, and it's, go and ahead, go ahead. It, there's something that's kind of weighing on me as well is like, Tommy keeps mentioning he has one last order of business. Like, what is this whole, like, one last order of business that he has going? Is it, like, to, to destroy fascism, 
to move his opium, to kill Michael, to kill Jack Nelson, to kill Oswald. Like, yeah, what but is not to kill Michael. Mission? I don't think it's to kill I, Michael. I, but like, what do you think? Like, obviously, we know what his business initiatives are and what his 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 goal is is to give information to Churchill and kind of really undermine the rise of fascism. But is that really his last order of business? He keeps mentioning as if it's as if it's, as if it's kind of a thing that he can just do with a snap of a finger. I think it's to get his affairs in order, personally. I think his last order of business is to make sure that the, the Shelby Brothers Limited will live on forever, that everyone is in a good position to, to take over. We He's not even going to survive to see World War II at this rate, right? Because World War II doesn't begin until like 39, 40, and we're in like 33, 34 right now, and he only has a year and a half left. So that kind of throws a wrinkle into what we expected the season would end with, so that does that mean will Tommy Shelby die in the middle of next episode and then they have a whole like final 20, 30 minutes that fast forward to 39, 40 and the bells will ring for the war? So much to talk about. Cannot wait for our I'm, midweek. I'm so pumped. We I'm, got mid, so midweek pumped. episodes coming out for you guys. Keep tuned in. Make sure to click that subscribe button. Turn on your alerts so you know when our episodes come. And as always, join us over on patreon.com slash by order of Peaky. And as we... We wrap this one up one more time. Um, we are also going to do something very fun on Sunday. And so if you go ahead and follow us on by order of the Peaky Blinders on Twitter, you will get the alert when Josh and I go live after the finale of Peaky Blinders, either right after or maybe like an hour after, something like that. So stay up a little bit later if you're out on um, the British time zone because Josh and I are going to team up with a couple big names for – for this, this finale talk, we're going to be with uh, the Twitter page at C Murphy fans, Killian Murphy fans, where we'll talk about it. We may have a couple other special guests as well. So Josh and I will go live from there. We're yeah, going to try to record spaces. it. Yeah, we're going to do Twitter spaces. I've never done Twitter spaces before. I think it what it does is yeah. it enables all fans to join if you want to talk as well, right? Yes, basically it's, it's, it's a new thing that Twitter has enabled over the last you know, few months. Um, it's really big in sports when you have like beat writers for different sports teams that host this thing called a spaces where everybody can listen to the host talk and the host has the, the, the uh, ability that to enable a feature to allow the listeners to also chime in and give their thoughts. So we'll be, you know, you know, doing our live instant reaction on the spaces in addition to our instant reaction breakdown episode where we'll be able to kind of talk share our thoughts and then if everyone has questions or thoughts as well they can chime in kind of like a live mailbag uh, episode in a way yeah and it'll be just awesome to interact with our fans and and to have you guys see our reactions broken down live you know to this you know epic season six episode six season finale series finale you know that that we've been just talking about for for years now just to see how everything shapes up it's going to be awesome and i expect it to be a banger can't wait for that. We'll talk to you guys before then, though. We'll have our midweek mailbag winners and losers. That's when we'll have a lot more details on the spaces, too. So keep an eye out for that. As always, it's Josh. I'm Daniel, and we've been seeing you on that.